Let's go. Guess who's back? Guess who's back? Guess who's back? I'm back, FitFizz friends, and I am fired up about this episode. This is part one of two because this is another topic that I've had on my mind since before episode one. If you or a loved one have ever been undiagnosed, misdiagnosed, or had doctors dismiss your very, very real symptoms, you are going to want to keep listening today. My name is Kelly Wilson. I'm the owner of fitfizstudio.com, and I am a certified trainer, nutrition coach, behavior change specialist, autoimmune disease educator, and I've worked in the health and fitness industry for over 25 years. I am here to help you ditch the gimmicks, find strength through your struggles, give you the knowledge for making the smartest choices for your own health, and to remind you to celebrate victory all along the way. The information shared is for educational and informational purposes only. Nothing should be interpreted as an intent to diagnose, treat, cure, heal, or prescribe. And in case you're a fan of the show and thought to yourself that you've learned a lot here and maybe you'd like to leave a tip or help support the cost, you can help me out at patreon.com slash Kelly Wilson and get rewards in return. So once again, it's patreon.com slash Kelly Wilson. If you're unfamiliar with Patreon, it's a platform that lets creators and artists of all kinds give back to the community who supports their work. And one of the rewards is having a shout out right here on my podcast. And I've decided that I'm going to refer to my Patreon supporters as the Fit Fizz Pod Squad. So here is a very special thank you to the current Fit Fizz Pod Squad. Wendy C., Jaris H., Zach R., Pamela P., Elise V., Tracy D., The Bear Essentials Podcast, and The Podcast Therapy Podcast. Now, I'm going to do a little segment here that I haven't done before, and I'm going to call it the What the Fizz segment. I might experiment with this on some future episodes, probably not episode every episode, but once in a while. But I'm going to share a recent news article that relates to things that I talk about here on the show. So here was what I am saying, what the fizz about this week. And it's from an article from sciencealert.com titled, Scientists Just Discovered a Mysterious Organ Lurking in the Center of the Human Head. And this definitely made me say, what the fizz? Because my first thought when I saw this was, how has this never been discovered with all of the dissecting of human cadavers that have done been done for ages in medical school and science? So I'm going to read you just part of the article and I will link to it in the show notes. But okay, so I'm reading directly from the article here. This unknown entity was identified by accident by doctors in the Netherlands who were examining prostate cancer patients with an advanced type of scan called a PSMA PET or CT scan. When paired with injections of radioactive glucose, this diagnostic tool highlights tumors in the body. In this case, however, it showed something else entirely nestled in the rear of the nasopharynx or right in the middle of the head. And it was quite the long time lurker. People have three sets of large salivary glands, but not there, explains radiation oncologist Walter Vogel from the Netherlands Cancer Institute. As far as we knew, the only salivary mucus glands in the nasopharynx are microscopically small and up to 1,000 are evenly spread throughout the mucosa. So imagine our surprise when we found these. Salivary glands are what produce saliva, essential for identity 
our digestive system to function with the bulk of the fluid produced by the three major salivary glands. There are approximately 1,000 minor salivary glands too situated throughout the oral cavity and the aerodigestive tract, but these are generally too small to be seen without a microscope. The new discovery made by Vogel's team is much larger, showing what appears to be a previously overlooked pair of glands, ostensibly the fourth set of major salivary glands located behind the nose and above the palate, close to the center of the human head. The two new areas that lit up turned out to have other characteristics of salivary glands as well, says the first author of the study, oral surgeon Mathis Valstar from the University of Amsterdam. We call them tuberial glands, referring to their anatomical location. These tuberial glands were seen to exist in the CT scans of all the 100 patients examined in the study and physical investigations of two cadavers cadavers, one male and one female. As for how the glands haven't been previously identified, the researchers suggest the structures are found at a poorly accessible anatomical location under the skull base, making them hard to make out endoscopically. It's possible duct openings could have been noticed, they say, but might not have been noticed for what they are, being part of a larger gland system. They go on to say that there will need to be more studies done before they can make this more of an official declaration, but it's certainly possible that this knowledge can change and advance the way we look at health issues and diseases in this area. This is all very cool, right? But let me also point out that it does also relate to today's show to serve as a reminder that doctors absolutely do not know everything. Specialists don't know everything either. No matter how much you like a certain doctor or how much you trust them or how highly recommended they are, or even if they're said to have the top credentials in the universe, (laughs) I think that society as a whole could use a little dose of possibly trusting doctors a little bit less. I know that might be kind of a hard pill to swallow for some people, but keep listening to today's topic to see more more on why I say that. And it's not for the sake of thinking that doctors are not smart, but to remember that they are human too and try not to put them on a pedestal the way our society as a whole tends to do. This also relates back to everything I talked about in last week's episode in terms of why I think the phrase, be your own best health advocate can be misleading. So have you or a loved one ever had repeated trips to the doctor with no diagnosis or no real diagnosis or a situation where you tell the doctor what hurts or how something feels and it seems like they barely pay attention to you or they act like you're not actually experiencing experiencing what you tell them that you're experiencing. I've had all of these things happen and I've mentioned bits and pieces of my own story on several other episodes and today we are pulling a lot of that together and it's something called medical gaslighting that far too many people experience and I'm talking about it because for me Learning this term medical gaslighting was a key turning point in me having the language that I needed in order to fire doctors who were failing me time and time again and to take back my power in regards to my health and actually improve my health. 
So first, let me give you a basic definition of medical gaslighting. Every time I have explained this term to friends or family or clients, I can instantly see in their reactions that they know exactly what I'm talking about. And I think you will too. Medical gaslighting is when a doctor or another healthcare professional downplays, overlooks, or dismisses symptoms that a person is having. They might try to tell you that it's not as serious as your gut instinct is telling you that it is, that it's not due to more serious things without even testing for it to find out, or that maybe they might tell you that you're just overly concerned about something, that it's not really something to worry about, or worst of all, they might even tell you that it's just in your imagination, that it's in your head, that you're just making things up. And it happens so easily because most of us are socialized to put our full trust in doctors because our society puts doctors on a pedestal as if they know absolutely everything. But we have to remember that they really don't know everything. So some examples of what medical gaslighting sounds like. No, I don't think you really need that test. Uh, it's just really not that serious. Let's just wait and see how you are in about six months at your next appointment. Or just try to do more yoga, eat more veggies, eat more salads. I really think you're fine. Or it might also sound like, I think there's nothing really wrong with you other than maybe you're just a little depressed. So let's prescribe you something for that. And sure, there are cases when these could be the correct things for doctors to say. But since deciphering my own health issues these last several years since general doctors and specialists misdiagnosed me and dismissed the root cause of my symptoms when it should have been so obvious. And after, after finding communities of women with tens of thousands of members, I'm not exaggerating, ten, I'm not exaggerating, tens of thousands of members who had all been through it as well. I know that this medical gaslighting happens far, 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 far too often. And I'm going to share more of my own detailed experiences in a bit. But first, I want to talk about the reasons why medical gaslighting happens. The reasons all really contribute to the broken medical system in the, in the United States and many other countries as well. So while I do have my own personal anger towards doctors who failed me when my health issues could have been prevented, fully prevented, I have learned to also take responsibility for it because it was my fault for allowing myself to be led to believe that I should trust doctors who were not even equipped or trained to help me with the symptoms that I was having, such as insulin resistance, leaky gut, everything that summed up to a full-blown autoimmune disorder called Hashimoto's thyroiditis, which has, it has to do with the thyroid. And definitely listen to last week's episode. Again, I can't... I, I can't stress that enough because it really, um, there's a reason that these episodes are in a logical order. But some of the big, biggest reasons that I say it's not entirely doctors' faults, well, it is their fault in the sense that they are propping up the broken medical system by remaining employed by a broken system. But there are things put in place which they don't have control over, such as insurance, everyone's favorite topic, right? <laughs> but Sometimes even if you ask a doctor for certain lab tests, they'll tell you that, oh, you don't need it. But the real truth is that without a diagnosis, insurance companies often won't allow doctors to order certain tests beyond like, okay, if you have 
this diagnosis, here are the lab tests that you can order, the insurance will cover. And they're very rigid about that. Uh, for example, I, uh, I have a whole story about when I was um, starting to realize my thyroid issues were worse than what my doctors were leading me to believe. And I was wanting my doctor to order uh, there, when you order thyroid tests, there are tons of them. You don't just order one test and that's your thyroid. There are lots, like more than 20. And most doctors might order one or two or three or maybe four if you're lucky, but they rarely go deeper than that. And one very significant one is reverse T3. And I was trying to get my doctor to order the reverse T3 because I was on to the fact that this is where the root of my problem was. And I needed that lab test to see what was going on. And I remember sitting there, you know, he's sitting at the computer and I'm in the patient's chair next, next to the desk. And you know, trying to push him to order this. He was like, no, you don't need it. No, you don't need it. No, you don't need it. Medical gaslighting <laughs> repeatedly. And I pushed so hard that eventually he was like, all right, look, he was like, I'm, I can't order it because the insurance won't let me. He got so fed up with me trying to push that he explained, he was like, look, I know this is a thing that exists, but uh, I just, I'm not, I'm physically not allowed to buy the system, the computer system that the hop, that the doctor and the hospital operated. He physically was unable to. Um, and it's super unfortunate, but after gaslighting me so hard, then when he finally admitted that it was a little bit of a, you know, it was nice to be acknowledged in that way. Like, thank you for gaslighting me a little bit less by telling me that you just can't, no matter how bad either of us might want that. But is it's really unfortunate. Um, I'm going to do more episodes in the future all on thyroid testing for men and women. But here's another reason why doctors' hands are tied and they often do end up medically gaslighting patients, and that is short time slots. If you see a general practitioner or an internist or a specialist, you know, regular doctors, most time slots are what? 15, 20 minutes, maybe 30 with a specialist, maybe. Then they have someone else booked immediately after. So doctors will do anything to wrap it up quickly because they have to be on time because they have somewhere else to be. They have someone else coming in right after you. They don't care if you have 20 unaddressed questions. You've probably been the patient sitting there when you asked two questions about why you're not feeling well, and they're sitting there typing what you say into the computer, having no empathy, and they're going to say whatever it takes to scoot you out the door on time. You know this is true. And this is when they end up saying disgustingly dismissive things like, well, we'll just see what happens between now and your next appointment, or be sure to just take a multivitamin and don't do anything to aggravate it and we'll follow up in six months, right? Right? That's so common that people hear that. And you know exactly what I'm talking about. And this is medical gaslighting. So when you hear things like that, I'd be willing to bet that everyone listening, including me, when you're in that position, you, when they're like, well, let's just see what happens between now, between now and your next appointment. We'll follow up later because they got to scoot you out the door and make room for the next person. When you're in that position, you nod and you say, okay, and you leave and you go about your day. I've done it countless times too, because what else can you do? Not much, except you can fire that doctor because you're sick of having non-answers and you can take back your power by finding a functional medicine doctor to work with. 
Uh, also, side note, defer back to episode five for more on what functional medicine is if you're not clear on why they are so different from typical MD type of doctors. But one of the key things that makes functional medicine doctors so different and so worthwhile is that your first appointment with them will typically be not any of this 15, 20 minute nonsense. It will be two or three hours long, maybe even longer. When I finally found one near me, I was there for a little over five hours at my first appointment, partly because all of my issues were such a hot mess and partly because, as I always say, functional medicine doctors are not bound by the bureaucracy of typical healthcare systems and they're not bound by insurance red tape. So they're not bound to these ridiculously short time slots, which don't even allow them to get to know you well enough. But by spending that much time with you, they take an extremely thorough health history. They do extremely thorough lab testing, much deeper than you've ever experienced before. And they will ask you questions about your health that regular doctors would never ask. And not just for the sake of let's make this, you know, super detailed, but because it matters, it's relevant to getting to the root cause of the issue. Um, And, you know, regular doctors, they never get to the real cause of the problem. Therefore, you stay unwell. Functional medicine doctors, they take their time. They listen to you. They truly answer all of your questions. Even if you have 75 questions, they're going to answer them. There's no medical gaslighting happening with functional medicine because they're not trying to scoot you out the door in 15 minutes. And this brings me to the third and final point of why medical gaslighting happens so often, even if it's not fully due to the doctor's lack of caring, but that is that they simply are not trained in many things that society typically assumes they are trained in. And I'm not trying to tear doctors down. But this is just a fact, meaning they are undereducated to be truly serving people in a caring and thorough way. Do you know how much time regular medical doctors spend learning about nutrition in their 8 to 16 years of schooling? It's an average of four credit hours. Four. That's it. That's not very much. And it's partly why we have registered dietitians and they're great and super useful and they know everything about nutrition, but the broken medical system is in the way of that too. I've never once had a doctor say, you know, why don't I have you work with a dietitian so we can get to the root cause of this health issue and then you're going to feel great. Never has that happened. Has that ever happened to you? I know very few people who have ever worked with a registered dietitian, Uh, but we all certainly know a lot of people who have a lot of health issues, right? And I'm not sure when they, when doctors do or do make a decision that pulling in a, a registered dietitian is the right choice, but I do know that they avoid it if at all possible because insurance companies don't want to pay for it, which is so unfortunate. Most functional medicine doctors do have extensive to very extensive nutritional knowledge, along with knowing endless things about food sensitivities and digestive issues that regular doctors simply are not educated on whatsoever. And it's not a slam on them. It's just simply a hard and true fact that I really think more people need to realize. One time just to 
mess with my doctor's lack of knowledge of nutrition, I decided to ask her what she thought of BCAAs as a supplement. Now, BCAAs are stands for branch chain amino acids, and they are so significant in terms of your body utilizing protein. Uh, and they actually have the nickname of BCAAs are known as the building blocks of protein. You can't live with you can't live without them, and we normally get them f- from food, but the body can also make some on its own. And when I asked her this, her response was, "What are BCAAs?" <laughs> it blew me away. That is pretty bad, even with minimal knowledge of nutrition. Knowing what BCAAs are, this is some basic, 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 basic stuff. So. That alone shows how little training they have on nutrition. So you gotta, you gotta grasp that they are not prepared to educate anyone on nutrition. And as you might have seen, to, you know, as like I said, today's episode is part one of two because there's just so much I have to say about this. So for the rest of today's episode, I'm going to tell you some very specific examples that happened to me to give you a really clear picture of exactly what medical gaslighting can look like. And then next week, I'm going to continue with how to proceed in the most empowered way possible when it happens to you in case you have not yet made a transition into working with a functional medicine doctor who won't gaslight you. Now, the information I'll give you next week will also hopefully help you to gain more respect from your doctor if they gaslight you by saying certain things to let them know that you're not some doormat who's simply going to accept everything that they say when they don't have answers for you. I think that people too often accept non-answers from doctors like, well, I guess that's the end of the road and there's nothing else that can be done. And that's a really sad reality because it doesn't have to be that way. You are allowed to insist on asking more questions. You are allowed to refuse medications or treatments. You are allowed to refuse being weighed at the doctor's office if that's something that causes anxiety for you. You're allowed to demand more tests, but you also have to be prepared to know what they are and I can help you with that. And if they say, no, you're not allowed to demand that, then you want to make sure that they put it on your official medical record that you requested it and that you were also denied. So next week, this is the kind of thing that I'm going to talk about more. But I'd like to share with you some of the ways that I was medically gaslighted because I'm hoping this will give you some very real scenarios. So if you find yourself in a similar situation, you'll, like I said, you'll be able to be empowered to do everything you can to not simply accept their final word if you do find yourself being medically gaslit. Okay, so example number one, I was about, I had, was about three or four years into taking levothyroxine, super popular uh, thyroid drug. Um, I was noticing that I needed a lot more sleep. I was telling doctors about it. Doctors were dismissing it time and time again. After getting the same lab test done every six months, they'd say, well, your lab tests look normal. And I accepted it. In hindsight, if I knew then what I know now, I would have given them the middle finger and a piece of my mind and started on a path with functional medicine way back then. But I was led by society to mistakenly believe them. And as I also now know that quote unquote normal lab ranges of any kind for any lab tests, for thyroid to cholesterol to testosterone or anything, these quote unquote normal Lab ranges are a load of garbage. Listen to episode six on lab testing to understand why that is true. But yeah, normal is irrelevant. 
optimal is what matters. When was the last time you heard a doctor say, oh, you're not in the optimal lab range? Never, right? Unless you work with a functional medicine doctor. But this is yet another reason to get lab tests done on your own, um, which you can do if you're not working with a functional medicine doctor yet. You can see the link on my website, fitfizstudio.com slash lab testing. You can do this on your own, rather through your do- through your doctor, and um, they you will you will go to the same location that your doctor would send you. It's you can do it on your own, and <laughs> doctors just don't tell you about this because they make more money. Um, oftentimes, if you do it on your own, it's going to cost less money to pay out of pocket than it would you'd end up paying with insurance through your doctor. And that's the straight up truth. Um, it's super easy to do. They'll email you the results. And um, you, what you can do too is you can order the tests, get the results, and then take them to your doctor. And, you know, maybe impress them. Show them, you know, you are super proactive and you've gone above and beyond. Show them the results that they can't ignore, even if they're lab tests that they would never order. So anyway, after having them always tell me that my labs were normal, That's a great example of medical gaslighting right there. And as I foolishly accepted it, I was getting more tired and more tired. I now know that this extremely common thyroid medication not only has a track record of harming the thyroid gland, but it also doesn't actually fix the root cause of the problem in someone whose body is not converting T3 and T4 hormones, thyroid hormones properly. Um, I'm going to do more episodes on thyroid stuff. I might have said that earlier today. I'm not sure. But functional medicine doctors have proven that this drug, all this drug does is it makes lab tests appear in that quote unquote normal range. It doesn't actually cause the body to produce the thyroid hormone that it's missing. How messed up is that? All it does is change the lab tests so that doctors and insurance companies can essentially check it off the list and say, well, we did all we could. This test proves you're fine. Medical gaslighting. They're not fixing anything. They're putting up, they're putting a phony Band-Aid on it and hoping that you'll shut up until you run into more complications from being on a prescription drug for so long that's harming your body. And when this happens to people, as it did with me, after being first diagnosed with hypothyroidism, which means your metabolic hormones and your body thermostat aren't working properly. So what happens to millions of men and women after being gaslit like this for years about their thyroid and their tests? Almost every single one, energy declines, weight increases, no matter how healthy you eat or how much you exercise. Eyebrows and hair start to fall out. Fertility is affected. Chance of miscarriage is sky high and you're freezing cold all the time. All signs that lack of thyroid hormones have messed up metabolism and the body's ability to regulate itself. And when that happens, it affects other hormones. When other hormones are thrown off, mental health problems arise like depression and anxiety stemming from all of this. And doctors will continue to gaslight patients as they consistently did with me like, well, it sounds like you're depressed or you have anxiety. Let's prescribe you something for that. And this is medical gaslighting because none of that would have happened in the first place if these doctors were trained properly to treat the root cause of the issue rather than prescribe an ineffective and damaging drug. 
I had all kinds of things in my life spin out of control when I was put on various drugs for depression and anxiety, thinking shamefully that I had mental illness. But I feel very strongly that I did not actually have mental illness. I had harmful doctors who didn't know what they were doing because they were not trained. And I'll say it again, that is partly my fault for continuing to see them. But once I started to smarten up, the gaslighting did continue. I knew I had to find a functional medicine doctor, but they all seemed very far away because this was all new to me. So, you know, it took me a while to really see the breadth of options and things like that. Uh, You know, I knew of one in like Oregon and California and Colorado, and I'm in Illinois. Um, You know, I was jobless. I couldn't just get get a plane ticket. So they all seemed far away because I hadn't yet found the right resources to guide myself. But once I started to smarten up some more and realize that I was starting to know some things that these doctors either didn't know or weren't telling me, I pushed them. I made about five or six doctors very mad at me by proving that I knew things beyond their scope of knowledge. And that's how the gaslighting continued. At that point, I was sort of poking the bear and putting them to the test in a way that they were obviously not used to. (laughs) Like how I mentioned earlier when I demanded that the doctor order the reverse T3 test. Another similar instance was when I started to prod my doctors about the harmfulness or potential harmfulness of birth control pills. All these years I was on them. I was It was extremely convenient to never have a period for a very, very long time. More years than I care to admit to right now. I'll do a whole episode on post-birth control syndrome as well sometime. And even though my instinct for a long time had been trying to tell me that it wasn't healthy to be on the pill for so many years or at all, really, I always asked if ask doctors, is it really healthy? Is this really okay? And doctors would always gaslight and say, oh yeah, it's totally safe. That is a lie, 100%. As I got older and over age 35, a couple of doctors urged me to consider going off of them because it increases your risk of blood clots, but they never once informed me about how they drain your body of B vitamins, how it damages the gut microbiome, how it could contribute to all kinds of other health issues down the road, et cetera, et cetera. But to wrap all this up, total medical gaslighting. Now, whether they knew the truth or not, that's irrelevant. They do take a do no harm oath to be a doctor. And whether they know the information or not, they are still medically gaslighting by not talking about these very real dangers because those are the shoes that they chose to fill and they are harming people by not informing people of these things. I've got two more examples for you. And the most audacious, mind-blowing, disgusting one <laughs> that had a doctor threaten to call security on me, that's going to be at the end, so please keep listening. But here's another great example. I wanted my testosterone levels checked. This is a more serious one that happened after I had started to push back against what doctors weren't willing to do to help me when I was coming to terms with how badly birth control pills had messed up my hormones and my mental health. But doctors were telling me it was nonsense and they refused to order lab tests to check the full array of hormones. So 
it, and I wanted to do that so I could have proof that my hormone levels were all in completely unhealthy, unbalanced states. I was pushing one doctor in particular, and she wouldn't do it. She insisted, oh, there's there's no need to do that. I asked to see a different doctor in the same facility. He refused. More gaslighting. I found a number to call that was some somebody higher up. I don't remember who I called exactly, but my health was in such a terrible state. I was an emotional wreck from having so many doctors failing me. So I called and I got very adamant that I wanted my testosterone checked. I also had a couple friends, female friends, whose testosterone levels were very low and they were finding a lot of relief from testosterone therapy. So I wanted to find out where mine was. I was trying to be proactive. But at this point, I had already figured out how to get lab tests done on my own. But I was sort of in this mode where I was waking up to the BS that medical systems try to pull on people. So I was I was really just testing them. I had nothing to lose. I was fed up and ready to push and push and basically be a pain in the butt trying to get them to order a test that I knew I needed for my health. And it should be pretty basic. So from that point, we had a few back and forth phone calls. And this was purely over me trying to convince them to order a lab test to have my testosterone checked. Because there wasn't a diagnosis that they could put on the record for why this was being done, they kept refusing. And they kept telling, they kept telling me that it was ridiculous, that and I was telling them they were, they were ridiculous for preventing someone in their mid-30s when it's kind of typical for hormones to go a little off kilter uh, for preventing me from checking my basic sex hormones. It's pretty important as for health and wellness and livelihood and all of that. As far as they were concerned, they tested estrogen and progesterone for women, but they said women didn't need anything else tested, which is completely not true. And of course, they pulled the, well, insurance won't cover it card. They expected me to back down, but I didn't. I didn't care. I wanted to see what it took to get something very basic and also pertinent to my health tested. It was probably another five or six very aggravating phone calls later that they finally gave in, but they definitely were not happy about it. This entire process, all medical gaslighting, and it is exhausting. And right around this time, too, I had one of the doctors who refused to order the deeper thyroid lab tests send me to a specialist because at that point, I was pretty sure I had Hashimoto's, which is in very simple terms, it's like a super severe case of hypothyroidism. You can kind of think of it that way. So I saw this specialist and it was right after I lost my job. So I knew I'd be losing health insurance in two weeks. And he actually did the test for Hashimoto's, but the result came back as negative that I did not have Hashimoto's, which was a lie because the lab tests that are quote unquote normal are also a lie. So that's another instance where these lab tests, lab ranges are just totally worthless. And that is medical gaslighting. So here's my last example. This one really takes the cake. 
And if you keep, please keep listening because this is going to make my whole story, make my story make a lot more sense too. If you've been listening to bits and pieces here or there. So this was right around the time when I was at my absolute lowest in the middle of 2017. I had managed to find a temporary freelance job, which allowed me to have health insurance for about two whole months, maybe a little less. And I was just beginning to realize that the quote unquote sleep disorder that I was told that I had was a total farce and that the stimulant drugs that I was put on, they were making me so on edge and rageful, I didn't even feel safe in my own body. But without them, I couldn't stay awake for more than a couple hours. So while I had health insurance, I you know quickly made an appointment. I saw yet another new doctor because I was sick of the other ones medically gaslighting me all the time. And also with this medication that I was on, you're required by law to see the doctor in person every single month or you can't get the medication. So on the day that I had the appointment, I was beyond fatigued. I was in physical pain from my head to my toes. It felt like every single cell in my body was on fire. I was getting sick from most of the foods that I ate. So I was not nourished properly. I had such severe brain fog that I was asking myself what year I was born and who the last president was just to make sure I was at least somewhat cognizant because it was it was bad. And on the day of this appointment, I was also on day four of a very severe migraine. So I'm sitting in this new doctor's office, really feeling like I was about to break. And honestly, I didn't care. I was in so much pain. I didn't care if I dropped dead right then and there. I was desperate. I was in pain. I was telling her that I was sure that I had Hashimoto's, not this idiopathic hypersomnia that they diagnosed me with. And I was telling her that the medication was not something that I could handle anymore. I was basically begging her for another option. And she sat there expressionless while I finished this very lengthy plea of desperation. And when I was done, I remember this so clearly in my head. She laughed at me and she said, (laughs) she was sitting there in the chair laughing. She said, I don't understand why you're crying. I don't think I've ever felt that someone was so rude to me in my whole life outside of that moment. I was really emotionally upset. I tried to re-explain everything to her, everything I just told you, and I, including being on day four of a migraine. If you've ever had a migraine, that's enough in itself to make somebody break. Like, what do you mean that you don't understand why I'm crying? Are you kidding me? I'm in so much pain. This medication isn't helping. This diagnosis can't be right. She got upset with me and started saying, here we go with the extreme gaslighting. Don't you see my degrees on this wall? You're insulting my intelligence by insisting that there has to be more I can do when I tell you that this is all all that I can do. And she continued to say, even worse, gaslighting. She continued to say, do you want to know how much money my parents paid for all of these degrees? That really set me off. For a doctor to tell a patient who is having a breakdown and in severe pain, do you want to know how much money my parents paid for these degrees? The audacity. No, I didn't want to know. And I didn't care. But it made me even more upset. And she continued to smirk and laugh so badly that she left the room. She knew she was laughing way too much that she left the room. And she left the door cracked. I could see her laughing out in the hallway. I couldn't even believe this was happening. I felt so powerless. And she came back in. 
And I told her, I could see you laughing in the hallway. How could you do this? You're laughing at my pain and how inappropriate that is. And I told her, and what I did next was some advice that I heard from a podcaster who was helping me to realize how badly I was being gaslit by the traditional medical system. And I, here's what I said to her. I said, I am not leaving until you order lab tests for reverse T3. Let me have some other kind of medication that won't affect my mental health so terribly. And I listed off some other lab tests that I know regular doctors never order. And her response was, so, you know, I tried to, tried to hold my ground. I said, I'm not leaving until you do this. Her response was, well, if you don't leave right now, I'm calling security. She's still laughing at me and smirking. I was really desperate and I was in a lot of pain. So we, I remember we had, it was like we had this stare down. It felt like half an hour. It was probably like 10 seconds. We had this stare down and then she turns and she leaves the room again. I'm assuming she was going to call security. And so I just got up and left. And after that, I sobbed in the car for a really long time. I remember this was July. It was right around the 4th of July. So the days were long. But I sat there crying in the parking lot until it was dark outside. I was so deeply at my wits end, feeling alone, feeling defeated, and feeling horrible in every single way. And that was the last time I saw a regular doctor. It was the end of the road, but it was also a turning point because I knew at that point I had to put more effort into finding a functional medicine doctor near me where I was not going to be put on a wait list for eight months. And even though these are all examples of medical gaslighting, I want to also point out that these are also examples of me not being my own best health advocate. So again, mentioning last week's episode, listen, listen to that. So these are the ways to not handle it. But that's what medical gaslighting looks like. It happens far too often. And as I always say, I want to help people so they don't have to suffer like I did. I'll be continuing with part two of this with my advice on the best ways to handle things, handle things in a much better way than I did. If you find yourself in these situations, how to be empowered, how to find your way when a doctor doesn't seem to take you seriously. So I'm going to um, actually not even next week, I'm going to release it hopefully in the next couple of days. Um, because a week from today, I'm going to have a special interview episode for you guys. I would really love to hear your feedback on today's episode. What did you think? Uh, or today's episode or any of them, hit me up on social media at FitFizz, or you can leave me a voice message by going to speakpipe.com slash FitFizz. Tell me what you learned. Tell me what you loved. Tell me what you hated. Tell me what kind of aha moments you had. Also, don't forget, I would love to talk with you one-on-one -on -one to help you break through whatever your holdup is, is in making changes for your health or nutrition or fitness. You can do set up an appointment by going to fitfizstudio.com slash coaching to schedule your session. And until next time, I'm Kelly Wilson, your health concierge. Breathe, stay strong, and always celebrate victory. Celebrate victory.